just in a nutshell just tell me like how you how you came about writing like what was the motivation for your writing like why would you write okay um well as i've been getting older and having con different conversations with people that are surrounding me right. i've been noticing one lingering conflict mm -hmm. and that's a conflict of generations uh, look at uh, political organizations you look at the business setting right. you look at even the church setup mm -hmm. there's a lingering conflict which is a conflict of generations and i was troubled as to why that conflict is persistent in all those organizational structures and how it can be then um, interrogated and fixed and fixed yeah right. so that we can find a way in which generations can actually work together in harmony is to bring uh, the best result that we can try and bring from any organizational structure we have. Okay, so you're saying the, the problem you saw, was it, was it in communication, values, or I don't know, motivations between the generations? What's the real problem that you narrowed it down to? Well, the fundamental, the fundamental problem is a problem of worldviews. Okay. By worldviews, I mean the way of thinking. So you find that between these two different generations, between the young generation and the older generation, mm -hmm. there's a difference in our understanding of what is, uh, in our understanding of our hopes, in our understanding of our freedoms, in our understanding of how we express ourselves, and then also our, uh, in also our understanding of love and how we make our choices. Okay. There's a difference in the language, if I may use that word, the language of the young people and the language of the old people. And that coupled with a difference in environments of growing up has created a, 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 a barrier. Be, yeah, actually, it's a, it's a generational gap, gap yeah. between the young generation and the older generation. Okay. So you will find that the older generation has its way of doing things. Mm some premised on the fundamental principles of actually doing things right. and the young generation is trying to use those according to how they've been taught by that older generation but sometimes when they try to use the exact same roadmap that the older generation has given them mm -hmm. they get lost and when they get lost they question whether the fundamental principles of that roadmap are really the proper, proper principles to, to follow right. and after that Chaos, Chaos and nihilism. <laughs> nihilism. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I haven't really. I've read just a little bit of your book, and yes. in one of the parts was talking about how morality, how we teach morality to young kids. So when you're growing up, you're taught that morality is avoiding punishment. Basically, yes. you're mm -hmm. trying to avoid avoid punishment or gain a reward. There isn't really like something that's that's concrete that you're actually going for. Can you explain what that means? So you find that the common philosophy mm -hmm. of teaching morality is that of the carrot and the stick. Okay. That's where you reward good things mm -hmm. and you punish, punish the bad. And so you find that that simple analogy of morality, good versus evil, mm -hmm. is okay. Right. But it does not really express what does it mean to be good and what does it mean to be, to be bad. So it doesn't really explain the characteristics of evil. And you find that the primary cognitive problem for the young person is to be able to perceive the world. Mm. By perceive the world, I mean to be able to differentiate the good and the bad and act so that they can get what they want from life. Okay. So when 
the method of inculcation for morality is not is not definitive of the characteristics of good and evil yeah. then it leaves a gap for the young person in me in, in terms of perception okay. then if they have a gap in terms of perception then that means that they do not clearly know what is good to do to get what i want or what is evil to do to get what i want okay. so merely looking at morality in terms of punishment for evil mm -hmm. and reward for good, for good is not enough to create in the human being or to create in the young person a person of integrity who has a value system or a value hierarchy of what is to be done so that they can get what they want and so that's why i try and bring out that idea in order to um, to actually come up with a solution on how to teach integrity rather than good versus evil. evil right. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Especially on integrity, I was reading and you were saying that the value of morals is construed when someone is now thinking that if I do something good or if I do something bad and it's not recognized, then it doesn't count. Yes. So yes. let's say someone does something bad and no one sees it. It doesn't really occur to the person, which happens to a lot of people. It doesn't occur yes. to the person that they're doing something bad because they're not necessarily punished for it. Yes. Which is probably the reason for why most crimes happen and whatnot. So you find that uh, in a world in which we do not have a clear perception of good versus evil and in a world also where we can uh, sort of like live through our lives, you find that we have young people that are living a different life on social media, mm -hmm. a, a life that is totally different, different from the realities of how they are living. Different. So you find that they are giving out a mirror image of a life that is non-existent in their reality. Mm -hmm. So the difference between a purely moral person or a person of integrity and a person just living on the presupposed view of morality is that knowledge of good and evil mm -hmm. does not necessarily depend on the person or the object or the acts. Okay. It actually depends on the interaction of the person and the acts. And so the reciprocal and simultaneous construction of the object mm -hmm. on the one end right. and the person on the other end, which is the eye, is what creates a person of integrity. So it's, it's the person their acts together How and not uh, yes and not necessarily the person and the view of uh good or evil okay, okay. it's the person and the acts together All right. so in figuratively answering the issue of morality mm -hmm. we have to look at an approach which teaches young people responsibility by teaching responsibility you answer the question of morality wholly by because if you teach responsibility that means that the basis of morality is not whether i will be seen or not morality has been understand uh, has been understood from first principles in a personal yes in right. a person it's, it's it's now a personal affair okay yes so if you inculcate responsibility mm -hmm. if you if you inculcate integrity by responsibility you find that you have no need to be worried when it comes to the loyalty in terms of morality from the young person, right. as they say. Okay, so let me let me just try to reword what you said yes. and make sure I understood it. You're yes. saying that responsibility or let's say accountability, if, yes. if you're accountable for your actions yes. and it's a personal feeling that you have between you yes. and yourself, yes. it is a much 
more healthier relationship to morality than simply seeing things binary as good or bad. Yes, that's okay. basically it. Okay. Because you find out that um, when you the, the 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 best way for you to change the world is to actually change yourself. Right, right. So I I, I like a song by Michael Jackson very much. Mm -hmm. It's called Men in the Mirror. Right, yeah, I know that song. The best place to start is yourself because that's the only thing or that's the only person that you are sure that you can be able to change. To change. So if you want to change the world, start by yourself. Start by the little habits that you do that are not so good. Start by improving yourself so that you become of more value to the society and of more value to the world. Right. By improving yourself, you find that you gain more responsibility because the world around you knows that they can rely on you when you are responsible. Responsible mm -hmm. to yourself, then later responsible to society. Right. So the more you improve yourself, the more you work on yourself, the more responsibility is accorded to you and you find the more influential you become and the more you can find space, which is one of the other causes of the intergenerational conflict, a fight for space by the young people. Right. Okay, so that that's very true. Like, I see a lot, especially on social media, people like to point fingers and say he's wrong, he's whatnot. But I read this other book uh, by Marcus Aurelius, I think it was Meditations, and he was talking about the only reason why you can see what's bad in someone is because you can actually see it in yourself. Yes. So if you can easily identify why someone is doing something and it's bad, it means that it's a reflection of you. Yes. Because if you were in a good place and you weren't really concerned about that, you would see someone as someone needing help, not because they're inherently bad or anything like that. Yes. So you find that um, an interesting observation was made by scientists mm -hmm. um, in America in relation to post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. You find that when the soldiers came back from war mm -hmm. and they'd seen that the traumatic things that people can do in, at war, yeah. it showed them the deepest evils that they also are capable of. So what would cause the, biggest, the, the, the most troubling depression in the soldiers that had witnessed the trauma mm -hmm. was not necessarily the act of trauma, it's the act of violence itself being perpetrated by the soldiers that they were seeing. It was actually the deep-seated fear that this is what I am capable, capable. of. So, what is... So, so you find that in human beings mm -hmm. have an ability to cause evil because they understand what causes evil or what hurts them. So if you understand what hurts you, it means that you can also have an understanding of what hurts the next person. Right. So that means that as we are going to be living as a society, the person that you, are, that you are sitting next to has a capability and knows the key to hurting you. Mm -hmm. And that kind of vulnerability, knowledge of that kind of vulnerability, that it means that anyone can hurt me because I know how to hurt them. them. Makes you so worried, makes you so depressed that you feel that you are inadequate to survive. So the best way to relate in society is to be, is, is to live on a shared system of hierarchy, of, of value hierarchy, in which you now know that you can be able to trust the next person. So 
people will do anything to save themselves or to protect themselves from feelings of chaos and feelings of vulnerability. Right. And so that's why you find people will cling so hard to their uh, maybe religious beliefs. They will cling so hard maybe to their ideological beliefs mm -hmm. because anything else other than what they already believe is out of their structure of boundaries that protects that vulnerability. Okay, okay. And so you find that um, when we try uh, every day in society to protect that structure, that, prote that structure that defends our vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. when we try to protect it, we end up putting ourselves in a shell in which we, can, we, we cannot see beyond our weaknesses or in which we cannot see beyond our shortcomings and so you find that um, most of most most of the arguments that we are beginning to see most of the conflict that we're beginning to see is basically from a frame of people that just want to defend their their structures their of, yes their own boundaries okay. but the best way for you to be able to to move forward mm -hmm. and also to develop, even for any society, right. is by living, yes, indeed, bordered by those structures because they give you a reliable way of doing things, okay. but living with a view of what is outside the, the structure. Zone. Yes. Okay. So it's a matter of thinking outside the box, not to escape the box, mm -hmm. but to actually expand the box. Oh, okay, right, That's right, progress right, right there. Right. Expanding the okay, box. That's okay. progress. Expanding your walls, expanding your influence, and also expand, expanding your knowledge structure. It means that you gain more tools to your way of living. Right. So you're not necessarily breaking your box. You're just looking outside and then incorporating what you yes. see and bring it inside. Yes. Okay. As long as it's functional to the survival of the structure, right. then that means good. That that means that you can you can simply edit, and it will add value to your way of living. It will make your living simpler. Okay, okay, those are some great points, and I, I totally agree with you. The only issue I have with that is that we're all kind of idealists, right? Yes. But as soon as we become parents, how old are you right now? I'm 23. You're 23. Yes. Okay, I'm 20, but. As soon as we become parents or we're at that age when we're now raising other children, yes. I see a lot of people, their mentalities change because when they were children, they would have said, I would never do this. I would never uh, subject my children to such things. But as soon as they turn over from being adolescents to being actual family members, they will, I don't know, they will kind of go back on their laurels and then start contradicting what they were saying they would do so how, what what do you think is a problem with that or how do you think you can fix a problem where people are kind of hypocrites because now they say this but in the later future they will convert back to what they were taught because it's so deep in their subconscious mind that they don't know that they're acting on things that they never decided to act on in the first place so if you put it in the perspective of uh, protectionism yeah. as is the nature of most parents. Mm -hmm. Protectionism is um, a deep. It's 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 an it's it's basically an instinct that every parent has because they love their young so much and they understand the vulnerabilities of their young. Right. And so, what can only allow an adult mm -hmm. who has the sole responsibility of protecting their young 
to allow them to see the world is if they are sure that they will be safe. So uh, I, I've heard this uh, argument from a, a number of uh, young adults that seek independence to, from, from their parents. Mm -hmm. The best way to gain independence from your parents is to actually prove that without their protection, you will be okay. okay. Because their sole purpose, their sole responsibility is to protect you. And so if they have no guarantee that you'll be okay, they will protect you. Okay. Um, it's also critical for parents and the older generation to know that by restricting the young from a view of evil, mm. you, you actually make them weak because they do, we, we, without a view of evil, you have no understanding of the value of good. Right. So you, you need that black and white kind yes. of... Yes. Okay. You, you actually need to have a perception of evil right. to get a deeper understanding of good. Imagine if you'd live in a world where you'd never feel pain. Then you'd never even know that by putting your hand in fire you can get burnt. You right. can get burnt. So you... Nothing, nothing has meaning anymore. So... I, I, I'm of the perception that when you have an understanding of evil, you can actually deepen the meaning of what is valuable to you. Without an understanding of the hard work, the pain, mm -hmm. the evil, you may not necessarily have an understanding of the good, the sacrifices that have been done to get where you are and to live the kind of comfort that you have. Okay. So I, I, I personally believe that you need to have an, an understanding of what is, what is evil so that you can be able to get meaning and deeper value for what you already have. And uh, if parents are, are going to raise their young so that they can be stronger fighters mm -hmm. and they, that they can be more dependable members of, members of the society, they need to be able to give young people a chance to be able to experience evil. So I, I, I very much like the philosophy of the karate player. Mm -hmm. They learn how to fight so that they don't have to fight. Right, right. But when need arises for them to they fight, can fight, they can fight. Okay. That's basically the, basic, the, the principle that, they, that has to be applied. Teach them to fight so that they don't have to fight. But when need arises, need they can fight. Yeah, that's that's a great analogy yeah. um i don't think i have any more to say about this book i need to read more of it and yeah. then i'll get back to you on how i interpreted it yeah. but what i'm most interested in because i at some point i see myself becoming a writer and i'm sure some listeners are probably interested in writing can you yeah. tell us how the process of writing went how did you come up with the ideas and then how did you translate them to paper how did you then get it published and all the distribution and logistics of the process so the best way to start writing anything mm -hmm. even it be a paper from for, for school right. or a book is to just write something start writing something just start start writing even the worst thing that you've ever written in your life but at least by all by by at least write something so uh the basic approach is to just write something even if it's bad, just write it. Uh, don't even don't even mind 
sorting out the errors, uh, just write something. And when you have something in your hand, mm -hmm. then you can now go back to it, interrogate it, uh, research, and add flesh to it, okay. remove other stuff, add other stuff. By the end of that process, you find out that you come up with something that is that you can be proud of. I'm definite you can be proud of something like that. Okay. But the simple step is to just start writing. Write anything, anything. that you that you think. Don't mind the don't, don't mind the coherence. Don't mind the don't sweat the small yeah. stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm.